All right, guys, welcome back to the Buck Fever podcast. We are back in the studio once again after a couple weeks of some uh, different different podcasting going on. But once again, I am Noah. This is Jake. And we've got some usual guests here with us, Colby and Eli. Um, and they're joining us virtually here. Um, how are you guys doing tonight? Wonderful. <laughs> Doing great, man. Jacked. Oh, turkey hunting in a couple days. Finally. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night. It'll come out on Thursday night, but our tags are available Wednesday morning. So, um, the timing of it all is a little bit goofy. But it sounds like you guys are going to be getting out there Wednesday or Thursday, right? Thursday. Thursday, Thursday is the kickoff. Lucky. Thursday is the kickoff, man. I, I, I'm just amped up. I have not held a weapon to kill anything since uh, mid-week of gun season in Wisconsin. So it's been a lot of months. I've done plenty of fishing and stuff in between, but now it's uh, it's time to get back in the woods and hunt something once. So pretty excited. Yep. It's going to be the first time that... Colby and I are going to be turkey hunting together since 2018 or 19. We Jeez. aren't 100% sure on which year it was, but it'll be huh. good to be back together. Well, you know, they say anything that I hold in my hands is considered a lethal weapon. Oh, so boy. Um, I can't say the same as, as Colby there, but uh, no, it, it's been a little while. What did we kill last? Squirrels or rabbits or something? And then we've been on some shed hunting and, you know, some other videos there. But I, I totally agree. It's, it's small game season open right now. Like, can you shoot a squirrel? Ooh, no, I think that closed February. You can shoot a coyote. That's about it. That open year-round? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I, – yeah, I think you can shoot coyotes, raccoons – Probably nah, raccoons no, are even done. even not raccoons. Mm-mm, they end in March. Oh, really? Hmm. Crows end in March. Yeah, you can just shoot a coyote right now. <laughs> That's about it. Or a turkey, pretty soon. Yep. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that because it's it's kind of like the number two or like maybe one A and one B. Um, when it comes to hunting, it's, I think we all agree deer hunting is kind of top of the list. But, um, you know, even even small game hunting, it's like yeah, it's still not it's not quite this new you know turkey hunting is is going to be a whole lot of fun and this year being that there's the four of us here and we all drew a tag for the second period um and i think all the same zone if i understand correctly i think it goes that far yeah i, I think our tags are zone one yeah and i think you guys are zone okay so not the same zone, but the same period. So we decided this year we were going to try to have some sort of a, a competition or a, a showdown, if you will. Um, so naturally, we, we made the teams, the Young Guns versus the Old Bucks. So it'll be me and Jake versus Colby and Eli. And this was all kind of the, the brainchild of, of Colby here, correct? Yeah, we just when when we realized we all four had the same season tags, the the talk immediately was, you know, how can we spice this up and make this a lot of fun and like put some side bets, a little competition to it, and all of a sudden we started, you know, 
throwing some stuff out together and we came up with this little point system or scoring system that we're going to use uh, and see how it all shakes out. So I know I don't have it in front of me and you probably do, uh, but you want to run down to this unique little scoring system that we threw out there for our, you know, two birds versus two birds gets a final score, what that could look like. Yeah, so I've got it up here now. So it looks like some of the, the, the categories we decided to include in the score is the weight of the turkey, the length of the beard, the length of both spurs combined, and then you get another five points if the kill shot is captured on film, three points if you shoot it with a bow instead of a gun, you subtract three points for each shot after the first one that's required to kill the bird, you get three points to the the team total for the first overall bird shot. So whoever shoots the first one is going to add three points to their team. Whoever shoots the heaviest one is going to add three points to their team. And then it's going to be minus five points to the team total for each bird that's missed completely. So that's that's the scoring system that we have come up with here so as i understand it the weight the length of, of the beard the length of the spurs that's all going to be if it weighs 25 pounds you get 25 points right 10 inch beard 10 points and it's all going to get added up together and then we'll combine however many want to verify though for when i shoot the triple beard that that. beard number two <laughs> and three are also going to count in towards the length absolutely yes yes Absolutely. Now, this could be something that maybe it doesn't really apply to any of us, but should there be like some sort of bonus point for a bearded hen or is that a negative or like a color phase turkey? I mean, I've never seen one, <laughs> but you never know what could happen out there. Bearded hen would be cool. Still caught up on that freaking rainbow turkey of yours or what? That dream, that unicorn turkey that's going to walk through or? That's a the real peacock. turkey, Colby. That is, We're not even it on is the right an, state. It is an oscillated less country. turkey. It lives in Mexico. It's a beautiful bird. And someday I will kill one. But no, you know, like a smoke phase or whatever. You see them on Facebook. You know what I mean, don't you? Hey, if you want to shoot that bearded hen and get twelve points for the twelve pounds that it weighs, you can you can take you can have your three bonus points for that thing. What if it's on public land? Do we get more for that? It's a film bonus. I mean, I I think the public land that definitely. That, like I think it's harder. Points. Yeah. Right. I think there could be something involved there. Sure. Plus, plus what, three? Sure. Yeah, that works. If it's on public, sure. Okay. I like that. You're going to have to send your GPS coordinates, though, so we know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> when you kill it. No faking. <laughs> yeah, so we've got... We're, we're just going to add it all up, and this is going to go for the whole week. So it'll be Wednesday to the following Tuesday. And so... We all only have one tag, right? You can't get more for yeah. the second. Yeah, so the max we could get is one each, two for each team, 
And if that's the case, I mean, if that, that would be like a dream scenario, but then the scoring system could really, really like come down to inches and pounds because, and I guess, you know, whether or not you get it on film, that, that sort of thing. But, um, at this point, it's like if, if somebody, if one of the teams gets two and the other one only gets one or, or none, I mean, it's obviously way out of hand, but I don't know what, what kind of luck have you guys had early season when it comes to turkey hunting? I, I have a tag week one or two pretty much every year. I think there's one year where somehow I end up with the third season draw, but I don't know. They, they're typically filled. Dang. I'd say the majority of my birds that I've shot have come in week three or later. Um, I think I have shot a couple of early ones, but um, I've had really good luck in like week three and four. So uh, I used to always try to draw in zone two, I believe. And I always just seemed like I got awarded week three or four or something like that. I never drew weeks one and two. So um, it always just felt like I, I would always hold tags in those later weeks. And, you know, that's why I was shooting them during those weeks. But I think I have shot some early. I've never shot a bird in zone one though so uh this will be a first for me if i can get one down there i think i've only hunted down there once or twice Hmm. well that makes me feel a little bit better because you've got an interesting statistic here on like every year when you go turkey hunting when you actually end up killing a turkey yeah i've never killed one first or second season and i've went for 10 plus years right so you you've killed them in the youth hunt yeah which makes no sense i've killed i don't know probably two three i think i killed three in the youth hunt and then everything after that was three four or five or six yeah things usually heat up quite a bit for us like later into the year and some of that might have to come down to the different tactics we use but um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge for us especially coming off a year like last year where we didn't we didn't kill any at your place at either of your couple mm-hmm. of spots and then we ended up looking into one on public that Ben shot and that was like the only one for the year and we have probably never really hunted harder than that I haven't me neither so we're going to be coming into a really interesting year here for sure which will make this competition even more interesting but what is the what's the prize here for this thing we got to decide on a prize, like the wager. Right. I mean. Oh, we should pick what we want to win, Eli, since, you know, we probably get to take a cake. Look at these guys. Yeah. I mean. 30 think, case of hams. You know, we're, we're, I think, I feel like we're in a little different phase of our life where we can, we can throw it around a little bit, so. We should probably put it back on the young guns to, they to see what they're willing to pay up. <laughs> I think yeah, they're saying we're broke. Point. Yeah, I live at home, so. I do too for right now. <laughs> <laughs> for the next month. Hmm. Well, we're not just saying broke. It's just, you know, <laughs> when it comes to maybe a beverage or something, we are past the buying cheap free and easy stuff of our lives and go for a little bit more Who quality tasteful 
beverages and stuff like that. So does it get much cheaper than Bush Light? I mean, yeah, you can get hands. Yeah, a little, Keystone. a little cheaper. But come on, a like, little. It's like less than ten dollars. Well, I know, but I'm just saying for as as much as you guys like to love up on Bush Light, it's that's not like the pinnacle of the most expensive. That's not like well, no. champagne. Well, no. Depends, yes, but it's not expensive. Fine. Part part one be a thirty rack of bush light. I would say your choice of thirty rack plus a like small liter of wild turkey bourbon. Wow, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Those seem like good steaks right there. I hope you guys are going to be willing to actually hold up your end of the deal. The wild turkey bourbon should be shared amongst all parties that they get together at some point. I could get behind that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that seems fair. That's only, that's only fair. Okay. And and the loser has, both losers have to get a tattoo that says, I ain't got no wobble in my gobble. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Listen, I don't know about that. <laughs> if that's on the line, I'm really going to act up. I'd be taking off the Tattoos whole week. Out. I'm going to be driving my truck through the fields, <laughs> in and out of ditches, swerving off of the highway. <laughs> oh, man. So you guys, go ahead. Stuffing lead weights in your turkey's ear either like those eerie boys did. No, yeah. no, no. It's all going to be on the up and up. We're not going to need any help. That's for sure. No. I mean, we only went 20 times last year. Killed nothing, so. Yeah, this year's going to be different, though. We had that warm spell. That got them all fired up early. Now they're confused. I don't know. We did some scouting last weekend, and they were, there's no shortage of them, whether or not we can kill them. Right. Yeah, they're they're over there. We just got to be able to put the time in. Also, no shortage of deer. I'm sensing I'm sensing a low confidence level, Eli, with these two guys. They're not beaming with confidence that they're going to get this done. No, definitely not beaming. No, we just like definitely to lay in the weeds. Yeah. Can't give our secrets out. Right. We guys, we want you guys to kind of, you know, feel good about yourselves, feel that you have a chance. We all know that it's it's not happening. I mean, taking off of work for this, uh, right? I don't know. What, yeah, um, how much more easier it could get? Exactly. I mean, who who's the one who doesn't have any confidence that they need to take extra days to go kill a bird here? Right. I mean, how hard could it really be? I need one morning. That's it. No, Pat, how's your back feeling after deer season? Nah. <laughs> I was wondering where that where that soreness was. Having to put the icy hot on my back, where that's coming from. But now that you say, I... that's fair. Listen, I shot a 17 incher six years ago. Okay, that's that's about as much <laughs> as you can ask from me, deer hunting wise. I'll give you that. Okay, but we've done just fine for ourselves in the turkey woods. Last year was a hiccup, but before that, we've had double ups. We've had years with multiple birds. <laughs> Across multiple properties, multiple counties, we know what we're doing. It's not going to be a problem. Well, yeah, that one year, Dad and I shot six. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not worried about it. Last year wasn't our year, and that means this year might be. So yeah, 
And now, like with work, I've done more driving than I ever have. So now I, I drive by, and every time I see Tom's out strutting, I'll mark it, you know, on the map. And then yeah. if I drive back again, I'll, I'll recheck that spot. And then if I see him again, I'll kind of make a note that I saw him there multiple times. And so when Zone 2 rolls around, I've got that covered. We went out and scouted Zone 3, and, I mean, we – we're going to be all right. We saw some on the property that neighbors yours. So those birds are definitely using both properties. We're going to be able to pull those over. No problem. Yeah. There's, I got a lot of mental notes up here. Yeah. I mean, gonna, you don't believe me half the time that when I tell you, Oh, we've seen birds here before. <laughs> well, yeah. The thing is Jake, I think Jake has a really good memory when it comes to this stuff. And I really don't. So the thing is he could be telling me anything and I have no way of knowing if it's true or not. He could be just outright lying to me, and I would not know the difference. I mean, 99% of it is true. There's that 1%. Could be. It's like scent killer. You can't guarantee 100%. But (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you guys are are zone one. Are you guys going to be on the the coveted deer hunting property then, or you guys got another spot? Spot? Well, we have a few other spots. Yeah, I want to hear about them. Just like a thousand acres, probably. You're not going to a farm, are you? <laughs> so yeah, we we got the coveted the coveted deer hunting spot that we can run around on. Um, just. Been schmoozing a little over the last couple of weeks. Picked up another 160 acres of private that we can hunt that hasn't been turkey hunted for five years. And uh, just tonight, my kid's baseball game. I was talking a little bit, a little turkey hunting, and said, yeah, it just always stinks to have to drive 30 minutes in the morning. And the guy's like, well, you just come on and hunt my farm. Perfect. So we picked up another another private spot that's within ten minutes of the house, you know, for those morning hunts. If we have a, a couple too many cocktails <laughs> and have a slight jackhammer <laughs> vibration going in the brain, I think I'm gonna have to go out and buy a butterball or something, buddy. We're we're in trouble. Well, petting zoos don't count like they're talking about. You can't well, just go to a petting zoo and shoot one. We haven't been doing any schmoozing. I didn't know schmoozing was allowed. Well, we got we got like three or four properties we can go to. Yeah, ish. Wow. Hey, don't count us out. I man. don't want to. I don't want to just bury you guys before the season starts. <laughs> but all of last year, my my high school students uh, were doing vocational stuff, so we volunteered at the Kickapoo Valley Reserve once a week. Mm. So. I mean, you can just tack on another 10,000 acres of public land that I know, like the back of my hand, too. And all the all the egg on that is um, leased out to farmers, so it's not a bad situation either. We just need two acres, that's it. If, if, we, <laughs> if we really feel like we need to get the bonus three points for the public kill, I'm saying. Yeah, if we get buried for whatever... God forsaken reason down in a hole and we need those extra, you know, three points each for a public land bird. We're going to be attacking the KPR. Hmm. Well, when I shoot a 30 pounder, yeah, 30 pounder with a 12 inch beard and 
inch spurs. You might as well just go back to work. <laughs> when I run over half a flock with the work <laughs> truck, they're going to have their work cut out for them. <laughs> oh, we've, we've got a couple. Now, What's that, Eli? It, it wasn't clear in the rules. Is it minus five? Oh, if you hit one with your vehicle for minus five per bird hit, I don't think so. I think it. I think it counts straight up. Yeah. No deductions or anything. Nope. It just counts. He's speechless. Enough. <laughs> so how about you guys? Are you guys just restricted to this one private land piece, or do you got some other aces in the hole? No, we got we got a couple up the sleeve. Some public. We've been getting pretty good at knocking on doors. I mean, I don't know if they're aces up the sleeve, but you've never hunted. You didn't hunt there. We've had the one I took you to that's down way back in yeah, like a yeah, two yeah, mile yeah. driveway. That one you haven't experienced it when it's when it's hot. And I've been going with you for three years. So two. if it hasn't we've been, hot, been if it hasn't two. been hot in three years, two years we've been there. We went there two years. The first year we didn't go there. Maybe not. But either way. Can't count it. When they was killed, the last time that place was hot? They killed birds there in sixth, fifth season when we were in Nebraska. We're talking about second period here. You never know. Yeah, you never know. There, There's spots. There's that spot. All right, I'll leave you at the truck and I'll go in there. There's the normal spot that is should be lights out, but sometimes... <laughs> The birds just don't read the script. Um, there's another spot that's a little bit more shared that's kind of a little bit tougher. But do we still have, like, when we kicked those couple out of the roost with Terry that one day, do we still have access to that chunk? Mm, probably, but more later in the year. That's kind of after everyone else hunts it type thing. Okay. That specific spot. Right. We're Yeah, earlier on we're, we're probably going to be relegated to, like, the the two spots that we were normally at and then some public which public's the only place we killed one at last year and permission spots if we can get them you know we we tried that plenty we've got um a couple of brothers who are farmers i think they're brothers right yeah that um have a whole bunch of acres that we had permission last year and could probably get permission again um there's there's definitely some options out there we're not going to be too limited we can make something happen. Right. So what's the timeline look for you guys? Like we're going to be essentially Thursday through Sunday. Uh, that's going to be it for me because I don't live anywhere near zone one. So it'll be a Thursday through Sunday deal. I don't know if Eli is past Sunday at all for Monday, Tuesday, but what's it look like for you guys? Well, like I said, the plan is tomorrow morning about, 745 on my way to work I'm going to crush one but if not then um, I think maybe Friday night would be my best case scenario throw everything in the car and then if I can get out of work at a decent time just head straight over to our spot and maybe it sounds like you'll already be over there so maybe I'll try and get in contact with you find out if it's worth trying to set up there for the night or Go and explore some public, maybe try and get a permission spot for the next morning. So I might try to do some recon Friday night. If I could actually get after a bird Friday night, that would just be like icing on the cake. Um, but 
I mean, there's a chance I won't even get out there till Saturday morning. I'll be up there Friday night hunting and then Saturday, Sunday. I might go up Thursday after work, and if I guess it came down to it, I could go Monday, Tuesday, but we'll see. That's an hour drive one way, so it's kind of a lot, but. Yeah, what are you going to do? I'm hoping Friday night I'll just looks like we might get a little <clears throat> looks like we might get a little mix of rain uh, all weekend like Friday Saturday Sunday I don't know if that's the same where you guys are at but not necessarily a bad thing I mean sometimes rain really gets those birds to show themselves out in the field um, oh, especially yeah. if you get breaks and it's uh, broken up a little bit um, they like coming out in the fields and shaking off and off a little bit so rain's not a deterrent whatsoever but it's gonna be and change your tactics if you are running and gunning and getting yourself soaked all day versus if you're sitting warm and dry in a, in a ground blind so right i mean change your i i agree the rain can be if it's downpouring you're not going to see a thing but if it's like more of that light rain kind of intermittent you're going to get some showers coming through that sort of thing is great for birds. If you're driving around at that time, you're going to see so many out in the fields. And that's where, you know, if you have a, a running gun type of style or you're popping a fan up, sometimes that can work really, really well because you know right where the birds are. So you know exactly how you can ambush them and, you know, kind of work around them, get within in range before they even know you're there and then start calling, pop the fan up, and, and it can be really good. I don't know. It, maybe we'll try a blind. Maybe. We don't have one. I think I've got one. Okay. I mean, it's decent. It's not great, but it'll work. Someone lost the other one Somebody we had. Have a blind. What, Colby? You guys don't even have a blind? I think we got about six of them between us. We oh. had one. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Probably four in stock, but we we'll be ready with some blind setups. We had one. I had set it up someplace, <laughs> and you know, Mother Nature did its thing. Now it's gone. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but I I'm somewhat responsible for losing one of Jake's blinds and. I think we've got one that's okay. I mean, it's going to have holes in it, and it's probably not the greatest setup, but it's a blind. That's our last resort. Yeah. So you guys are all, all about the running and gunning and reaping. Is that going to be your strategy? Well, this, maybe this maybe not necessarily, like, reaping the whole time, but, like, I'd rather sit up against a tree or, like, kind of move to where they're going type of thing without a blind. And if the fan, if the reaping works, then it's just, that's money. But early in the year, I've found that they don't really like to respond to that as well as they do later in the year. Yeah, I think for me it would be a little bit different if it was on, like, some of my private property where then I think I would definitely have a blind set up and then just give myself options. Either I'm going to sit in that blind whether it's a weather thing or just an instinct thing of what I feel like might be better for that day. Um, you know, it, it could be whatever, but if it was my own private property, I think I would have a blind set up as an option. And then obviously bringing my fans, my decoys, whatever, and just giving myself all the options and then kind of see how the day plays out, all that good stuff. 
Um, but you know, just being that we're on multiple different spots, you know, and, and it's some of it's not ours and, and then on public too, it can be kind of tough. I mean, it's not, it's not like it's impossible. You can carry a blind in there. You can set it up. You can do the whole thing, but typically we are much more mobile than that. We, we tend to do a lot more of the running gun style with the fans and the calling. So I'm, I'm assuming you guys are going to be hunting together. So who's drawing the straw for like the first guy with the gun and who's filming or how's that going to shake out with you two? Well, I guess it kind of depends on if I shoot one Friday night or not. And if I don't, my dad's going to be up there too. And he doesn't have a tag. So he'd probably be cameraman completely, obviously. Right. And caller type thing. So then, I mean, probably if two came in, it would be ideal. And then it depends. I mean, if, if we get on some, if I put some to bed Friday night and I know there's going to be some there, maybe Noel will come up and go to a different spot with your brother. Right. Cause kind of ben, depends. Ben's also got a tag. So I was planning on bringing him along no matter what. And um, since he got one last year and Jake and I didn't, he would probably be relegated to cameraman. So then, you know, if it happened um, that we needed, you know, having four guys out in the open with fans, like doing that whole thing is way too much, especially early season. It's just not going to work. So if we had to, it could be Jake with his cameraman and, and me with mine, and that could work fine if we split off, whether that's on the same property or different properties or whatever. But it's all going to be kind of a game time decision type of thing. I feel like that's what a lot of it has to be with turkey hunting. You know, you can kind of go into it with a plan, and that's fine. You probably should, but ultimately you're just going to have to play it by ear. you got to be flexible whatever the birds are telling you, whatever the weather's telling you, that's just what you're going to have to do. I want to jump on that and go back to that, but I want to go back. So if you guys are both, or if you're reaping a turkey, are you, the person with the gun has a fan, they're out in front. The cameraman also has a fan following behind. Um, I guess. Or are you following from distance? Kind of depends really when my dad and I shot those two and it was us three because Noah was with us. My dad and I had fans, but Noah just sat behind us, like split the gap right behind us. But then on the other hand, when I those pictures Noah sent you of me out in the field with the fan and that turkey, he's sitting behind me, not in line with me. He doesn't even have a fan. Like he's just sitting literally in the wide open. So, I mean, kind of kind of just depends on the turkey, really. Yeah, that's another interesting thing because it's always a game time decision. And the fans are great because you can cover up a lot of stuff with them but you don't want it to be too intimidating. You know, if you got three guys and all three of them have a fan popped up and you're just trying to coax in one Tom, that just might not be the setup that he's interested in. He, he probably doesn't want to get himself into that fight. So even two versus one can be somewhat intimidating. It all kind of depends on the birds and what kind of a mood they're in, whatever. But then if you got three guys and only one of them has a fan, you're going to have a lot of movement that's going to be unaccounted for, not covered up. So you just kind of got to watch it. I mean, we do what we got to do. And then obviously having the camera is another element because that's extra gear that moves and that takes up space and stuff that you have to move to adjust and whatever. So um, that's why kind of having some of those smaller groups could be a little bit better. But I would say... For sure, if you're only going to have one fan up, it's probably best to have the shooter with the fan 
and the cameraman behind it, unless you're in a certain terrain situation where it's better to have the cameraman kind of like on the side of the the hunter a little bit, like kind of covering both of them up, but just kind of allowing the hunter to be free and sneak around a little bit. It would have to be the right situation for that. I'm going to tell you what, if me and Eli try to both sit behind a fan, we're going to need a fucking Peacock fan to cover <laughs> up two guys that weigh 250 pounds, man. And we ain't covering us both up with no turkey fan. I know that. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Well, I mean, you got to – Eli, why don't you jump in and talk about what do you think our strategy is going to be? Like, you're a little bit more burst down there. Are we going to start out in a blind? And I mean, I think all tactics will be at hand for us, but I think we're just from general conversation going to start out in a blind. Yeah. Uh, the reason for that is just straight up comfort for me. Um, like, my back is a little bit screwed up. So. I already know that if I spend a day running and gunning and just sitting on the ground, uh, it, I'm going to probably pay the price. And the next day will be a pretty stiff, stiff day. So we will probably start in a blind. Um, however, um, I'm actually at about that spot in my article I'm writing um, just because I start in a blind does not mean that I'm going to sit in a blind all day um, you know I, I feel like you have to kind of go to where the action is at so uh, the property that's close to my house uh, that that's 40 acres and it's really nice because it's between two really big blocks of woods and it's a pinch point uh, there's a road that goes up the, the bluff right there. Uh, so it kind of funnels everything that's moving between these two blocks of woods, whether it's deer, turkey, whatever, um, right through this property. So um, I've been out there before with the guy that, that owns the land. Uh, we, we killed a bird out there in, in 2020. Um, but it's just awesome because there's birds that they could be roosted right on his food plot or they might be a little ways away and you got to work to get them in. Uh, but it's just a good, quick, easy spot to go in the morning. And, you know, as long as the, as long as the birds are vocal you know, off the roost, you have a pretty good idea of what is going to happen. And if you hear them and you're patient, you could just sit there all day and you know that at some point they're probably coming through that property. Um, but it, like I said, it's only 40 acres, so if you try running and gunning and you bust a bunch of birds on it, that's that's a wrap for that spot, you know. Uh, whereas the spot that where we where we deer hunt, there are concentrations of birds on multiple different areas of the farm. Uh, neighboring farms have birds on them, so. You know, if you if you mess one end up, you can move to the middle and try to get after those, or go to the far side, try to get after those birds. Um, so it it creates a little bit more opportunity for you to be aggressive and risk busting up the 
the flock and scaring them off the property. So anyways, long answer for a simple one, but we're probably going to start in a blind with the option of running and gunning uh, at any point if it doesn't seem like we're in quite the right spot. Yeah, and the other, the other thing that the blind does is it allows us to set up a tripod with a camera and, you know, if multiple birds come in, it does give you the option to capture on film a, a double kill, potentially. Um, you just a lot, a lot less to worry about in terms of, you know, movement and camera movement and all that stuff. It can easily be set up between us and whatnot. So, um yeah, and I gotta go back. You guys were laughing a little bit when he was talking about the back issues. Just wait till you guys are on the verge of turning thirty-eight and tell me how your back. Ooh, thirty-eight. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. Yeah, I'm... not yet. Months. You, me and Eli, our birthdays are pretty close. We got another two months before thirty-eight turns the page. But yeah, Jesus. we're getting up there. I mean, my my knees are just done for. So you got brand new knees. I got one brand new. Well, yeah, that's newer than any of us, man. I don't know. It, this is that's why we've got we've got youth on our side, buddy. That's true. You know, that's the best part about this. That's what we have going for us. You need to run a mile. We we'll run a mile. Well, I won't, but you could. <laughs> I mean, we we you know, we can be mobile. We don't need to just sit. It sounds like Eli's got a recliner in the blind. That's kind of what I got from it. In- you you saw the chair that I was sitting in in the in my my deer video. Nice swivel chair. Oh, those are nice. We have some. And they they love it. It levels every leg. You can extend individually. So if you're on uneven ground, you're sitting level. You can extend those things so that you're you're not sitting there with your knees up in your chest. I mean, plus when you're turkey hunting, like. I usually tip. I usually have a vest on that has a nice thick pad underneath it, so that goes underneath, gives you a little bit extra height, a little extra leg room. It's outstanding. It's a, and I'm not gonna a lie. When point. I run, when I run and gun, when I run and gun, I got a couple of those little foldable chairs, like the ones that you take to a baseball game, but they sit about three inches off the ground. I ain't sitting on the flat ground because that. It's gonna be a bad, bad situation. We had those, and then we got rid of. We don't use them because they're just too much to pack in. Well, it's embarrassing too to use something like that. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Uh, I've never heard anything like this. <laughs> I mean, the geriatrics here are gonna have to put the young, young guns to shame by the end of this. <laughs> This whole contest. We'll just see. We'll see what happens. Thursday morning, we'll get. We're trying text. to kill birds. We're not trying to like schedule a chiropractor appointment next week because we're all bent out of shape. You know, like we got to be in comfort a little bit. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, what's the fun in that? Jesus. Yeah, you might as well kill one from your living room at that. <laughs> you need to suffer a little bit, otherwise, it's not hunting. Yeah, I mean, if we're doing a blind hunt, we're going to be carrying a blind in. We're both going to have a chair, gun, camera equipment, decoys. 
you know, if it's real chilly out, we might even carry in a heater. Who knows? Oh my god! So <laughs> the back, the back's gonna be feeling that trek too. Snacks and a TV <laughs> and gaming system. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well, back on a, a somewhat of a more serious note, when it comes to calling, what is your go-to call? Do you like the diaphragm call, the box call, the pot call? What's your go-to? You can go first. I know we're going to be different on this. Yeah, we're going to be different. I can't run a mouth call to save my life. So I will have like a usually carry a box call. The only time I use it, uh, just because it seems to be so loud and obnoxious, is if it's really windy. But when it is really windy, that can be a really great call because it will really pump out a lot of volume and sound. But for me, it's... Uh, Usually carry two different pot calls, a slate and some type of like glass. I call just to give some different tone and volume to it. Um, so I'm more of like a pot call guy or slate is probably my go-to. Uh, I just, I've really struggled ever trying to run a mock call. So. And I have a slate. I have a box, and they they basically collect dust. So I usually carry like four or five different mouth calls with me, and depending on the situation, I'll just change it up. So uh, I got some of them that I can really hammer on and be loud for stuff that's at a distance. I got others that, um, you know, I can be real soft and quiet and, Depends on where the bird birds are at. Uh, at short ranges, actually, I I make I call more, but I it's not like your typical yelps. Like I'm just constantly making little clucks and purrs and uh, scratching leaves. I think actually the sound of a turkey isn't even that important. But when you pair that with scratching leaves that are on the ground, like because they're constantly just you know, churning up the ground, uh, that seems to be the best tactic when you get one that's hung up at about 60, 70 yards to get them to close the gap for for a shot. I, I will say Eli's been really, really effective with uh, the various mouth calls that he puts out there. Sometimes I'm like covering my ear and I'm going, Jesus, that sounds like a freaking turkey choking on its tongue it sounds awful it doesn't sound certainly doesn't sound like mark drury in a contest but it freaking works man he he has brought in more turkeys with his mouth calls uh than i certainly probably have with a slate call so uh i'm sure he'll be the one that gets to gets to take the crack at calling i just think that best case scenario though is you get a hand to come in yeah. Yeah. And I feel like anytime you get a hen to come in, if you just mimic everything that she does, and nope. if she, like if she starts to yelp, you cut her off in the middle of her yelp, like, and it just ticks her off and she starts making more and more noise. Like, anytime you get a hen to come in, just do try to do exactly what she's doing 
and tick her off by cutting her off and you know that it's like very high percentage of the time when that situation occurs that a tom is not very far behind yeah and i don't i don't know what this is just me theorizing but i i feel like it it almost feels like that creates a scenario where you got two hens that are ready to breed and they're fighting over the, trying to get the attention and reaction from that tom so they're just going back and forth between uh you know the hen and then the actual like, fake call but it creates a scenario where two hens are here we're ready we want you and that tom shows up more often than not we've seen that so many times i think if i'm in is a that not is that not everyone's dream? We got two hens sitting there. We're here. We're ready. We want you. <laughs> <laughs> Good call, Eli. Yeah. Good call. Well, I think if you're in a blind, that makes a lot of sense. If we're like running and gunning, we got the fans going out. The last thing that I want is a hen to come in because that that means it's over. Well, it's not happening. Well, I wouldn't say that. As long, I mean, if you if a hen comes in, just drop. I mean, I wouldn't be holding the fan out there like trying to show her that. I would, I would mimic them if she sticks around. It's just so tough because she's, she's gonna wait for that Tom to come to her. So if she comes in and we're presenting as Toms and then we don't do anything, they they get way too weird about it. It's almost like that, that you know that old doe coming in on you when you're up in your stand and just that that buck that's following behind her just hangs up and just waits for her and she just ruins it i I don't know it it, i think if you're in a blind where all your movements can be concealed and you might have decoys out and there's a hen kind of pecking around your decoys i think that might be decent but if if i've just got my fan up and i'm just out exposed on the ground i really don't think i'm happy if a hen's coming in, maybe. Well, if I think if you see her coming, you drop the fan and just like get to cover type thing. Cause I've been with my dad before where we've killed them where they, cause you just piss the hen off and she gets so upset and just right. starts calling so loud. Like I've, I've experienced what they were talking about and it's, it, it works. It depends if you can get to cover though. That's well, I'm saying like, if you're just, if we're just sitting in a tree line along the woods and yeah. if one pops out, we throw the fan up type thing, then, then it's fine. Right. If we're reaping and then the fan or the hen comes in, yeah, then it's over. But right, if you're already out in the open and you're already exposed, then that's gonna be tough. But if yeah, if you are in more of a concealed situation, I guess that would make a lot of sense there. That's good advice because I don't think either one of us would consider ourselves to be like super experienced turkey callers. I mean, even less so myself. We're, I mean, we're fine but we're not gonna win any competitions no i um i hate box calls there's only one that i like and it's my dad's that's the only one that sounds realistic to me they are very loud and obnoxious um i like a pot call here and there but i really started to dabble with the mouth call a lot i used to not be able to use them because i throw i like want to puke the whole time because i had really bad like gagging and I get so nervous, but now I can, I can rip one pretty decent. And at least for the running and gunning, it's a lot easier cause you don't need your, you know, have to be digging in your vest for anything. You just pop that in and you're good to go. And if you need it and I don't know, I've been getting, I feel like I'm pretty decent at it now or not like any, yeah, like you said, win a competition, but I could, I could mimic a turkey. Yeah, decent. We're, we're good enough, but that's the other point of it too, is it depends on the style because 
operating a, a pot call or a box call requires the use of your hands and there's movement, there's motion, there's all that. Whereas your mouth call is just going to be in your mouth and it's just tucked away. You don't have to really move all that much. And so when you're doing more running gun reaping style hunting, that definitely comes in clutch. But if you're in a blind or, you know, more concealed, or if, if you're just kind of blind calling maybe, but the birds are not in range yet, they can't see you, you can't see them, then that movement doesn't really matter so much. How about uh, the, the other way we have used the box call in the past is like, Eli, I think you'd attest to this, like in the middle of the afternoon, it's just been dead for a couple hours and you're just like, let's wake him up. See if we can get like a reactionary gobble. And you just like hammer on that thing. It doesn't matter if it's dead quiet out, just hammer on that box call as loud as you possibly can. And sometimes in like two o'clock in the afternoon, we've gotten shot gobble response to that box call. We're like, Oh, there he is. He's still like where we thought he was, or maybe it's a new bird. We didn't even know was there. Uh, that's just another scenario where we'll use the box call, but otherwise like box calls are like that scenario or when it's super windy, otherwise it pretty much stays in the pocket. That's not even a, you're not even trying to call them in. You're just basically, it's the same as carrying around an owl hooter or a crow call. It's just trying to get the reaction gobble so you can locate them. Right. Yeah. That, that although. Makes... Although, one of the sweetest the sweetest kills that we ever had up at your cabin was on a windy day with a group of Jakes with one Tom that were like 800 yards away. Just sat there and cranked on, I can't believe the box call didn't break. Like, there's no way these birds are going to hear that. And... You, we threw the binoculars up, and there, here they come, like dead sprint from 800 yards directly into the decoy spread and dusted the tom. Yeah, I remember that. They were, like you said, seven, 800 yards away, like way, like almost as far as we could possibly see. We'd just seen some black specks. Hammer on that freaking box call, and I hammered on it as loud as I possibly could. Like you said, almost broke it off the hinges there. And you're like, oh, their neck's shut up. And then he's like, hammer on it again. Hammered on it like a second or a third time. They come sprinting from 700 yards all the way into our set. And uh, I think we doubled up that time, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, I think you're right. I think we did shoot two toms out of that group. There's like two toms and a pile of jakes. We've doubled up a couple times. We have. Yeah, man, there's nothing better than that. When you see them do their little sprint, whatever yeah. you want to call it thing, it's running. As soon as you see that, you know it's like pretty much over. That's kind of a done deal. They're going to come in. Their their it's brains like the are shut off. the best sight, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, it's more of a guarantee when you see that. Well, decoy sets, guys. What do you? I mean, I know when you're reaping, you're not really setting a decoy, but if you are... Running and gunning, are you guys bringing a decoy along with you? We certainly are going to set decoys if we're blind sitting. 
What's your kind of go-to decoy setup? Um, we're what we're when we're usually hunting, we'll take a take a hen decoy with us and our fans, and usually like if we're gonna sit down for a while, we'll throw the hen out there. But other than that, it's like if we know we're just going to reap or we see them on the field, we'll just take the fans. But there's a hen with us for the most part. When I was younger, during the youth hunt, I'd set out. Um, the, it was called the the funky chicken, I think, or the it was a Jake decoy. Yeah, the funky chicken, I believe. Super skinny, ugly looking thing, and that's what I killed all of my couple during the youth hunt off of. So that was sitting in blinds, but yeah, I would say we definitely um, go pretty minimal on the decoys typically and that's typically because we don't hunt out of blinds as much um and it's just a lot to carry around when you're running and gunning it can be really tough with that Uh, there's certainly some that are much more realistic than others um i don't know exactly how you say it i don't know if it's avionics or avian x i think it's like yeah like avina x whatever those are like the best most realistic decoys that you can find out there um and then i saw something the other day where somebody took like the the spray stuff that you would spray your tires with like on your truck or your car whatever that like kind of shines it up a little bit if you spray that on your decoys that gives them like a more realistic shine like they would like a real bird would have so i i don't I've never tried that. I don't know if that works or makes anything worse, but I saw that as something that you could try. Um, and I know that that brand of decoy, they've got a lot of different varieties. Um, I've seen a lot of people have success with like a breeder hen and then, you know, a Jake or some sort of maybe a, a smaller Tom, something like that. I know they've got a, a variety of them out there, but I think if you can create some sort of a scene like that, you'd probably be in pretty good shape. Well, fortunately, I own about every AVNX decoy that you can have. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what's the secret then? You know, he's, got a, he's got a big collection of those AVNXs, uh, and we usually are always running if we're together. Certainly, <clears throat> running the hens that he has. Um, a tremendous success running this. I don't even know if they make it anymore, but it, I know Flambo Decoy Company made it. It's a a Jake where its body doesn't look very good. It actually has like some green tones in it that I really don't like. But its head is like sticking right. straight up, and it's just beat super red. Um, I've had just a ton of luck running that decoy with you know one or two hens. Um, but yeah, we've got a great collection of between both of us of avian X hens and um, Eli. Remember that one year you had that Tom? You probably still have it. He's got a Tom on some setup where we would run a string all the way to the blind, and you could like pull on the strings and rotate the Tom mm-hmm. around. Yeah, you still got that thing? I do still have it. Um, I don't. I don't use that anymore. Um, so I have an avian tom, and the avian tom, like, is pretty small. Like, it's only about this big around. It's like the size, a little bigger than the basketball. Um, 
so it's not super intimidating. Uh, but then on the back of it, there's a, a clip, and it comes with a it comes with a fan. But I just dried out one of the fans of a bird that I killed, so I put a real fan in there. And those things, they have a little hole that goes up into them, and you and you put the hole up on top of the stake. And anytime the wind blows a little bit, that tom will spin and turn, and it's pretty effective. Same thing with the hens. The hens have that. The jakes have it. So, um, you know, unless you're unless you have a dead calm day, the decoys with those avians always have have some movement. Um, and then if you have like the HD ones, they have quite a bit of glimmer. Like you can see them glimmer when they move um, from the sun reflecting off of them. So I think they're pretty realistic. I mean, I, I do attribute a lot of, a lot of success just to those decoys, you know, in nature, hens go to the Tom. So, well, in nature, the hens move towards the Tom, the Toms move towards the hens, but the hens are usually the ones that make the final commitment. Um, So, that's why people have birds hang up at that 70, 80 yard mark all the time. It's because the Tom's sitting out there doing the dance and he's trying to get the hen, coax the hen to come over to him to let him know that she's ready to go. So um, to pull a Tom into your decoy spread is working against nature. And I think that that's why having a Jake out there is oftentimes effective with hens because you know, that Tom's trying to call the hens over, but now there's another male bird and maybe they're not leaving him. So he'll come in to you know, try to bust, bust things up. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense there. That That's kind of what I've seen from people who really run decoys a lot. They'll go pretty simple, like breeder hen and a Jake and, I guess, you know, when it works, it works. But that's cool, too, the the tom that you can clip a real fan into because the real feathers, I've also heard that, like, flips a switch in their brains when they see. That's that's why the fans work so well yeah. for us when we do that running gun because we're, you can't they can't even see the rest of the bird. It's just a fan. But when they see the real feather, they know that it's a real feather. And in their brain, like they they can't comprehend that we're people who kill the bird, cut the tail off. Now we have the tail, and we're <laughs> fooling them with it. They might not know where the rest of the body is on that bird, but they they only know that's a real feather, that's a real bird, and that's why it works. And so that's why some of those decoys sometimes don't work very good, is because if it doesn't look like a real feather, it might not draw them in. But any of those decoys that you can incorporate real feathers on, I think that's going to be lights out too if it's in the right setup. I also bought this one um, decoy. I was young. I was probably like 14. And it it's a dead tom that you stake into the ground, and with a string you can take it and pull it. And it it's he's like laying out like this, and he just flops mm-hmm. with his tail. His tail and his whole body moves up and flops. And I only used it like twice because it's super hard to set up. Like it takes a lot of time. And yeah. But I think if you get the right the right bird – that would work pretty well because they do not like that. They always want to come and beat up the other ones that are dead. So, mm-hmm. 
how about uh, what's everybody carrying in the woods? Got that three point bonus for a bow? Anybody going with the bow, or what's the what's the gun and ammo setup for everybody? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm not gonna start off with a bow. I gotta get a turkey or two under my belt in the season before I'm gonna try it with a bow. Um, especially not shooting one last year. I'd, I'd prefer to just, not that anything's ever guaranteed, but I feel much more confident with the 12 gauge than I do with my bow at this point. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to have my shotgun. Uh, I, I did that, um, that ammo review video a couple weeks back and the general consensus that I had in my personal testing. And then in talking with you guys, um, responses that I've gotten from other people, Facebook, whatever. Um, I, I think the general consensus among most people is that if you're not going to shoot TSS, the Winchester Longbeard XR is the way to go. And I know, you know, everybody says, well, you got to figure out which, which shell is going to pattern the best with your gun and your choke. Yeah, there's probably something to that, but it seems to be that a wide variety of people with a wide variety of guns and chokes all have the most success with the Longbeard XR. So that's what I'm going to be going with. And I think in my testing, I had it all as four shot. I think that's a little bit low. I, I got some five shot. So I think I'll be going with that. Just have a couple more BBs. I'd rather have a few more of them than uh, a little bit more firepower. So what shotgun do you have? I don't even know. So, we we got these on a really good deal. They're just real cheap Mossbergs. I think they're like the Maverick 88. It's probably even more of like a home defense type of shotgun, whatever. But they were on sale for like 200 bucks at one point. So my brother and I each got one. And that's the shotgun I've used for like everything and had no problems with it. So it's, I don't know, it's been a great deal so far and it's not like a $1,500 browning or something right. so that's what I'm going with I'm not taking my bow I don't think either I'd rather just shoot one with the gun or try to I uh I also got the Longbeard XR three and a half for I think they're five shot uh four or five one of the two and I got my Super X uh, Winchester so I won that a couple of years ago and I've yeah I use it for everything I don't even take my turkey choke out and we go squirrel and rabbit hunting I just leave that thing in there and shoot pretty far I mean and then it makes you a better shot because you're shooting such tight pattern but mm-hmm. that, that's my go-to gun I like that I've killed quite a few birds with that Eli what's your run I'm running the 12 gauge Winchester. Um, I don't have a turkey choke. I just put a full choke in it. And I got, let's see, three and a half will jam up in that thing. So I, I have three inch um, long beards that'll be getting ripped through there. I got a couple left uh, from previous seasons, but when I went to buy them, Around here, the only thing I could find in a three-inch shell was six shot. So, flinging out a little smaller BB, but there'll be more of them. Yeah, it sounds like we're all all running Longbeard XR. I'm running Longbeard XR in a five shot. 
uh, Remington Wingmaster 870 uh, 12-gauge with the uh, – I've been running this forever. It's, I don't know what they cost now, but the uh, Shields tag on here is $19.99. The, uh, I just have it with me because it's getting packed for the trip. The Primo's tight wad, turkey chill. And, uh, but it's been a lethal combo for at least the last – half dozen years like knock on wood can't remember the last time i missed a bird using that combination so sounds like we're all using the same uh generally the same stuff remember to throw that digital scale in there too yeah i gotta find it yeah you guys got a digital scale or you guys gonna measure a bird or not <laughs> yeah we, we got a scale a you gotta shoot one to, to measure yeah Bring it in the house. Mama Switz ain't going to be happy if you go lay it on the freaking the, the scale in the bathroom. This is true, but luckily that scale is mobile. I can bring that out to the garage if I need to. <laughs> or I think we got a, a fish scale or something. Yeah. We'll make something work. We'll probably just lie about the weight anyways. We officially got to have a picture of the number with the scale. You got to have it. Well, you guys aren't going to believe me when I shoot a 29-pounder, <laughs> yeah. so. <laughs> we know how well, to doctor photograph. you shoot that 29-pounder before we're tagged out, I'll bring I'll bring the uh, the bow out. Oh, yeah. See, that's, I better bring mine with just in case. I mean. bow is coming along, though. I am bringing the bow along because we might uh, – we figure we would probably be tagged out by the end of Friday, so we might do a 3D uh, bow shoot down in Coon Valley on Saturday or Sunday. So. Look at these guys. Okay. Just, yeah. yeah. You, should, you, should probably, you should probably throw the golf clubs in there too. Veroqua Hills is open. <laughs> do, do they call When we got our bow on Thursday morning, we might as well knock down two Thursday morning. We might as well hit around round nine before the NFL draft Thursday night. They right, when drinking, we shoot them both in the blind and and our backs are both feeling good, you know, we might as well go play a round of golf just so we're a little bit sore afterwards. Well, I don't, I don't yeah. think golf's gonna help the back situation. No. Oh, that that's why we'll be sore because we played golf. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, they're gonna be, they're gonna need to be medicated or something. We're gonna have a Brett Favre <laughs> situation on our hands here. No, one thought I did have. Do you two, uh, by the way, do you two golf? We might have to have a Buck Fever Outdoors golf outing. So. I, I do enjoy golfing. I really like golfing. Um, I go probably once a year maybe, and uh, I've already gone once this year. So. I didn't ask if you were good at it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, but I like it. <laughs> it's it's good fun. But – um. One one thought I had that we didn't talk about on here is the possibility of shooting a coyote. Oh yeah, that... while you're turkey hunting, I think that probably has to count in here somewhere because that's, that's doing a good deed. That's probably bonus, bonus four three points. I think it's got to be. I was gonna more. say plus ten. I was plus gonna say 10? plus ten. Okay, I wouldn't know how you guys would feel about that, but yeah. I'm going ten. Because if you shoot if you shoot a coyote, your chances of shooting a turkey probably go down. With that gun going off, you would think. Yeah. We're, when we are when we're deer hunting, when you see a coyote, the deer hunt becomes a coyote. Yep. So. 
that's the only rule that the property owner has for us is that if there's a big buck and a coyote, you have to shoot the coyote before you can shoot the buck. Mm. Yeah, I don't know That's about fair. that one, Chief, but uh <laughs> No, yeah, I that I hope that nobody wins the the competition on like one coyote and zero birds, but <laughs> we'll see. It'll be interesting. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun time. Like we're gonna try to do some like Facebook updates on what's going on, maybe some pictures or short videos, uh maybe some trash talking. Uh, we'll make it fun, right? Like, uh, it's Turkey week. We're all fired up. We got four tags. Uh, it should be a great time. Just texting back and forth, uh, talking some crap and, and just seeing what's going on with everybody. It's really, it's really a cool scenario that we all drew week two. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody's going to want to watch these videos because there's going to be some pretty solid, trash talk coming out <laughs> in the turkey videos that are released after this weekend i mean just look up above pat's head and that's all you need to know oh that's how old are they it's blurry i can't tell if uh what did he say 38 that could be horse hair for all i know it, yeah 38 26 years all right so what is that six or eight beards maybe for you guys, because uh, that'd scare you with a double beard uh, or triple beard tally getting put on the slate this weekend. I'm not worried. I, I mean, mean, you saw the picture. You saw the picture out of the blind that I sent you. That was the youth season. That was three toms in the frame that I had called in. You know, unfortunately, the kid rolled one and he got back up and ran away. But so nothing to show for it for that one. But I mean, they're like triple the amount of experience we've got so yeah and they act like we've never seen turkeys before well, right it's like i mean you should see the jar i got of beards in my house yeah exactly yeah. well if they fit in a jar that's all i need to know <laughs> well i it's an oots pretzel jar about yay big and yay wide so that's true i've seen it like a half, little half pint jar no it, it's I'll, yeah. I'll send a picture when i get home yeah, no, no. This is verified. I've seen <laughs> it. It's a it's a sizable, sizable jar, for sure. Like I don't think you're gonna kill enough turkeys in your lifetime to fill that with beards. Probably not. <laughs> I hope so, though. What do you do with this jar? What do they? Where do you showcase the jar? Like, I mean, that's pretty right there, right? Like up there, that's cool. It is, but I don't. What do you do with the jar? I don't have a shop right now, so once I move out in like ten years and get a shop, I'm gonna have all of our fans because we keep all the fans, so it's gonna be just a wall of like fifty fans and the beards and everything like that. So they're just stored in my basement right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Stored, yeah. yeah, in a pretzel jar contained. Mm-hmm. Well, boys, All right. what else is uh, what else is going on? How this is side note. Obviously, huge trade this week. We're all Packer fans, I assume. Uh, what's the take on the Aaron Rodgers trade? Let's just throw a little side combo in here. Glad it's over. I mean, ultimately, it's kind of what had to happen. As soon as you 
drafted Jordan Love. You know, they had to draft him because four years ago, right? And they had to take him because they knew that Rodgers could retire at any moment or leave at any moment, whatever the case was, and they wanted their guy. And now you get four years in. I, I think this might be year five for him in the NFL. Year four or five, and year four now. I mean you can't let it go much longer than that without letting the kid play. And now you would have this, this young kid who could be pretty talented, who's essentially been mentored by one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And if you don't play him now, he's going to probably have to get traded and you could be given another team, a really, really, really good player And Rogers could retire at any moment. And he's, old and he's very very expensive and now you've got a whole lot of dollars that you can pay other players and that's going to be the question for the Packers because they'll make some good decisions like this every now and then and then they'll blow all that money on a bunch of washed players that are not going to help us at all and they'll draft a a kicker or something in the second round and there'll be a huge disappointment but if they can get all that stuff under control they could be in pretty good shape. I mean, Aaron Rodgers ended his career exactly the same as Brett Favre. Last throw was an interception and gets traded to the Jets. So <laughs> hopefully Jordan Love works out the same way that Rodgers did, but I don't know. I think they're just going to rub it in his face and draft a receiver in the first round for the first time ever and say, there you go, Aaron. Probably. Take that. Which they need. Good riddance. Unfortunately, that is the hope of where I hope they go. Like, I really want them to draft Jackson Smith Nagigma from Ohio State or JSN. And it'll just be ironic, right? Like, they haven't done – Jack for for a Rodge in the last 15 years in terms of drafting a first round talent on the offensive side of the ball, and then as soon as they trade him, they'll they'll draft someone, or maybe they'll trade for DeAndre Hopkins or something. But um, yeah, like you guys said, kind of it, it was time. You hate I hate to see him go. I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I hate the amount of hate that he's been getting from Packer fans. Um, you can call him a diva or whatever you want to call him. Like I, I, I think the media blows so much of his personality up into what it is. But he gave us 15 or 17 years or whatever of tremendous football where every Sunday was relevant and you could tune in and, and, and Packer games were relevant because if you knew number 12 was under center, we had a chance to win. So I don't see how people take that so much for granted. Like – Look at all these other NFL franchises that have struggled to figure out the quarterback position for 20-plus years. And we've been lucky to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to, you know, hopefully Jordan Love can carry the torch. But, boy, we'd be pretty lucky. Again, I'll knock on wood, but we'd be super lucky to go with a third guy in a row that can get it done. But um, it's exciting to have the, the extra draft picks. And the NFL draft is honestly one of my favorite sporting events of the year i've been geeking out about this stuff since i was like in fifth grade um i remember my parents never had 
satellite TV or cable. So I used to get like, I used to go down the road to my houses down to my neighbors that had ESPN. And I'd sit there from, this is back when the NFL draft was rounds one through three, all on Saturday. And I'd get at their house at in the morning and stay there till 10 at night as like a fifth grader. <laughs> Watch three rounds. Start to finish of NFL draft. And I used to have a little magazine and all and highlight and making notes and stuff. So I love the NFL draft. It's one of my favorite sporting events of the year. And I hope uh, things work out. And, and Goody in the pack uh, can reload this roster and, and make things happen. But it, it's certainly sad to see a, you know, an end of end of an era and a legend go. But it is time to move on and see what love has. Yeah, it... I just hope they learn from the past. Like Ron Wolf said about Brett Favre, he's like, we we could have done more to help Brett, and you know they haven't. They have not learned from that with Rodgers, you know, with drafting offensive weapons um, for him to throw to. So hopefully, hopefully they can listen to some of the the old school guys and at least try to help them out a little bit. Because I mean, if you're going to give a young quarterback a chance, you gotta you gotta have some weapons. And I mean, there's some promise with. Uh, with their rookies from last year, but put a little more gas in the tank, I think. Yeah, I agree. And it does suck that, you know, he it was time to move on from Rodgers, and not all the legends can go out like Kobe Bryant did, the goat of all goats who stayed with the Lakers for 20 years goes out on a 60 was a 61 or is an even 60 something like that 60 something point game and uh speaking of which my lakers are doing pretty decent right now and the bucks are in trouble yeah big trouble well you can't stop jimmy he scored like 56 last night big trouble yeah they, i don't know maybe if Giannis would have played Tell you what boys same feeling you got now about the boxes, about what you boys are going to be feeling about Friday morning. Go. Friday, <laughs> oh, man, down three one, down down two zero is what it's going to be. I'm going, oh man, can we get her done? Put her back two in a row and, and lay down two big heavy birds. On Sunday, we'll be up three two, <laughs> two birds, a yacht, maybe even two. <laughs> oh, not be up three two. You cannot. Take Ben into account. No, e coyotes. I think okay, mm. the best thing to say is stay tuned, everyone. Right. Yeah, I agree. Stay tuned tomorrow morning about nine thirty. <laughs> I decided I don't want to hit one with my new car. I'd rather hit one with the work truck. <laughs> so as I'm driving around, I'll probably smash one up with that thing, and I'll be tagged out tomorrow morning. Uh, then we'll see who's sorry. My boss, probably. <laughs> you can have that weight when you blow half the guts out of it, and it only weighs 10 pounds. But... I don't care. Bird's a bird. <laughs> <laughs> you got to fill a tag somehow. All right, boys. It should be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to the camaraderie. I just... 
shooting texts back and forth and uh, seeing how both groups are doing. And hopefully we go four for four. That would be ideal. That would be awesome. I hope it comes down to just a couple little points here and there, yep. one way or the other. That's the best case scenario. But, um, yeah, any any closing words here before we get going? Just, just good luck, man. Have fun. Uh, it's a great time of year. We get to get back out in the woods and, and hunt something. So uh, just hoping you guys have success and us as well. And it's a, a fun little competition. Agreed. I'll sort of echo that. Good luck. You're going to need it. <laughs> All right. Good luck, boys. You too. Yeah. Good luck to everybody else who's going to be out there. Um, if you guys are still with us, thank you for <laughs> – for sticking with us for the episode um if you're watching on youtube make sure you subscribe to the channel and hit the like button on this video and uh one way or another stay tuned we're gonna have some good content coming out and it's not just this week we've got a long season here jake and i have tags for every single period from here on out so um there's a lot of possibilities there's gonna be a lot of hunting going on here and it's gonna be a really good time so Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.